Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to the Home Server Small Business Spotlight. This is episode number 55. I am your host, Arthur Yan, and we hope, hope everybody's having a great week. We're grinding away like usual, and we have got a great guest today. We're going to jump in and get started talking with him. Um, he is the host of Behind the Numbers podcast. He is a business valuation expert um, and a best-selling author. He is out of New Jersey in the Philly area. He is Dave Bookbinder. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Arthur? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, Dave, and and it's my pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Um, let's jump in. We're like we usually do. Let's talk a little let's bit about your background. Can you share with us a little bit about your story? Yeah. So I guess it all began early in my career when um, I started to work in an investment bank and started to cut my teeth in the corporate finance world. And working my way up the I call it the corporate finance ladder or food chain, starting out as a valuation professional. Uh, learning valuation is fundamental for every aspect of corporate uh, finance. And then work my way into the, the sexier stuff, uh, raising capital, doing mergers and acquisitions, asset securitization. And uh, at some point, re- recognized that valuation was really the most interesting piece for me. So I wound up committing to that, got some professional designations, and then uh, went on from there. Awesome. Well, and... I know we had talked before about your you how you dealt with investment banking and kind of tied that into what you're doing with business valuation. But can you start off by um, telling us a little bit about maybe talk about some of the key factors that drive the valuation of a business in today's market? Yeah, so I think it's universal uh, markets, notwithstanding, Arthur, and valuation is all about managing risk and reward from a buyer's perspective. So the, the advice I offer to business owners is anything that you can do that will mitigate the risk in the eye of a buyer or investor will only help you because the math is such that your buyer or investor is going to be doing uh, basically a present value calculation at a, at a discount rate. So things that can adjust the discount rate, make them feel more comfortable, sales, obviously sales growth, consistent growth, uh, recurring revenue is something that buyers and investors always love to say. They want to know that there is a good deep, sticky customer base in place. Uh, margins, obviously, uh, you need to make a good profit on those sales. So that's another key component for an investor and a business owner to think about. Uh, other things are more a little bit more nuanced, but make a whole lot of sense when you start to drill into it. Things like customer concentration. If you've got all your eggs in one customer basket, that's obviously going to be a riskier situation than uh, if you've got a more diversified portfolio of those sticky customers. That's just to name a few. Yeah. Well, and um, I think uh, so many of those make sense. Uh, One thing that 
you know, with our listeners, with the home service business realm and a lot of these guys that have, you know, they've started businesses from scratch. They've done a great job of, of building them up and they kind of think, you know, that they're going to be able to sell it for a very, uh, very attractive amount, at least for them. And then they get kind of a rude awakening. So uh, what do you let, let's look at maybe how some businesses can be undervalued. Maybe they're actually, they're undervaluing themselves, but then of course some are overpriced and can you identify um, or, or how do you identify those types of different businesses, both the undervalued and the overpriced? Yeah, that's a really deep question. We could do a whole show on that topic, honestly, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll try and be concise here. When you think about those businesses that are overvalued, that usually happens when um, the business owner is involved and we'll call it putting the price tag on the company. Um, in my experience, they, they tend to rely on a couple of valuation methods that really aren't valuation methods. And I'm referring to the back of the napkin method and the back of the envelope method. Uh, or maybe they've gone to a party and their brother-in-law who does something in finance told them that they can sell for eight times EBITDA, whatever that is. So they've got an idea of what the business is worth. And it's, it's usually wrong, to your point. Uh, the undervalued businesses, th there's usually opportunity to unlock value. One of the things I see a lot in terms of working with smaller businesses in particular is that they manage their business to avoid paying taxes. So what does that look like? Uh, lower profits, right? If you have zero profit, you're not paying taxes. And then when you wind up going to sell the company, you've got a lot of explaining to do and making normalizing adjustments to show that the business really is, in fact, profitable. So I recognize it's a balancing act and business owners are going to take every opportunity they can to avoid paying taxes. But if an exit is something that's on your mind, yeah, be mindful of that a couple of years in ahead of actually putting the for sale sign on the business. And the only other thing that I would just want to add to that sort of as a public service announcement, if you don't mind, Arthur, and that is be prepared that your business could have to be sold at any particular point in time, even if it's not on your timeline. Um, stuff happens. People get sick. People get hurt. People die. Um, circumstances change. And unfortunately, a lot of times business owners have to put a company up for sale uh, at a time that they weren't anticipating of it. So if you're running your business in a way that you're always ready for sale, you'll probably do much better. That's a great thing to think about. And I, I think people don't take into consideration a lot of that. You know, you said things happen, accidents happen. Um, so hopefully people are taking heed of that. Uh, I wanted to also ask you if you maybe could share your insights on the correlation between um, what people see as sustainable business practices, day-to-day -day things to keep it afloat versus long-term business valuations. How do those two correlate? Yeah. So again, it's a whole other episode. Uh, a lot of business owners, to your point, when you think about being sustainable, it's just how do we get through the day? How do we get through the week, the month, the year? It's really just looking, if, if you think about car driving at night, basically looking as far as you can see with the headlights on. But the reality is the road goes on much further beyond where you can see, and you've got to be prepared for that. Um, if, if your audience takes away nothing else today, I want them to remember that valuation is a forward-looking exercise. It really is about what does the business expect to do in the future? And as I mentioned before, buyers and investors are going to look at that economic benefit stream in the future and bring it back to today's dollars at a risk rate. So it's important to be thinking about forward planning. Uh, what are we going to need to do to 
capture new markets, capture new customers, keep our existing customers? Uh, is there going to be a need for a build out of additional facilities? How about uh, additional staff? There's a whole boatload of components that get baked into what I'm alluding to here is building a business plan or a forecast, something that's a living document that business owners can revisit on a periodic basis to make sure that they're on track and that they're headed in the right direction down that long and winding road. Yeah, and I love that term living document because, I mean, you can't just set some, you know, SOPs or some types of uh, protocols or whatever just in stone. You're going to have things moving and, and transforming a lot. Uh, yeah, flexibility and, is key. I mean, it, everybody who's watching and listening, if they're running a business during COVID, they learn firsthand that you can prepare for a lot of stuff, but stuff still happens that are that's unexpected and you've got to be able to adapt. Absolutely. You're speaking the truth there. It, and it was a it was a wake up call for a lot of people. Um, you, I mean, no one anticipated or at least very few uh, some a, a pandemic of that size and you know, it impacted so many different businesses in so many ways. Um, but I wanted to also have you discuss a little on your ROI, which most people think about return on investment, but your ROI you like to talk about is return on individuals. And so you can, can you touch on that for us? I would be thrilled to. Um, that's what I'm all about. So <laughs> in, in helping thousands of companies over the course of my career, uh, in valuing their businesses, have also valued intangible assets, the intellectual property stuff. And the things that get the most attention are things like trade names and technology and customers, which we've talked about here. But there's a certain intangible called human capital or people. And uh, I, you've heard every CEO on the planet pound the table and say, our people are our most valuable asset, right? They don't always behave that way in the way they treat their people. And I'll put this out for your audience. I'll just give you a quick moment to ask, um, ask the question. With people being the, the so-called most valuable asset, where do people appear on the balance sheet, on the financial statement where all the other assets live? So spoiler alert, they're not there. Most people think of people as expenses. And uh, <laughs> I, I, in my profession, we value people in certain circumstances that are accounting exercises when businesses are acquired. I don't bore you with the particulars about how it's done. But suffice to say, I didn't think that the methods that we use really told the whole story about the value that people contribute. And then when you combine the fact that the accounting profession doesn't really recognize the value of people because they're not on the balance sheet, I just felt like something had to be done. And I wrote an article about it at the time while I was still a contributor for the business section at the Huff Post, and it got a lot of traction there and it was published elsewhere. And people started showing up in my life and asking me, so what are you going to do now that you wrote this article? You've got to do more. And I never intended to do more, but I was inspired to with all the, the encouragement from uh, the folks who reached out. And long story short, it became a book called The New ROI, Return on Individuals. And it documents my journey to prove that people really are a company's most valuable asset. Yeah. And I think that that's a, a pretty solid argument. I don't know how anybody could say otherwise, um, especially if, I mean, unless you're a solopreneur, which <laughs> um, aside from that, this is a, this is a whole realm of listeners, the home service uh, industry, where people, that's the most important thing. You've got people that are going out and they're interacting with your customer base, your clients, your homeowners on a, on a daily basis. They're the face of your company. So they're a huge part of it. Um, such a and, great point. They're your brand ambassadors and they can either help you in a big way if they love working for you or they can kill you 
I mean, take a look at Glassdoor and see what kind of reviews people leave about employers if they don't have a good experience. So you're absolutely spot on. Oh, yeah. And and I mean, you want that that outreach. You want them to be going out on your behalf and just pouring out, um, you know, a great uh, example of what your company is, what your culture is. And if they're happy, that's what they're going to do. You know, they're going to go out and they're going to uh, represent you in such a fantastic way. So treat them right. Um, and Dave, I wanted to touch some on your podcast. It's called Behind the Numbers and your book, I believe, is also called Behind the Numbers. And can you can you describe what exactly Behind the Numbers is about? Yeah. So when my first book dropped, I got an opportunity to be a guest at a local uh, Internet television network, RVN Television. And uh, the owner of the network thought I was an interesting guest and invited me to have an opportunity to have my own show. So I thought, wow, that'd be a great opportunity to tell the story. And in thinking about what I wanted the show to entail, behind the numbers really just spoke to me because in the spirit of the new ROI, when you think about business performance, we all are focused on the numbers, right? It's all about metrics. Valuation operates that way. Just told your audience that they need to be profitable and have good margins. But the truth is, as what you just pointed out, those numbers don't happen without an engaged workforce and people doing those things to be your brand ambassador. So uh, Behind the Numbers was born as a show. And uh, like I said, I didn't intend to write the first book and I certainly didn't intend to write a second one either, which is really ironic. But the second one is called The New ROI, Going Behind the Numbers. And it's a compendium of the conversations that I've had on my show, Behind the Numbers, where I've had business owners, CEOs, uh, consultants, advisors, folks who have done the culture change uh, successfully and have spoken to the results and how you can really prove that people are your most valuable asset. Awesome. And uh, so what is your website, Dave? Share that people wanna, yeah, if people want to connect with me, uh, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active out there. So definitely connect with me, Dave Bookbinder on LinkedIn. Uh, I currently lead the valuation practice at a firm called Hayfley Flanagan. So our website is hfco.com. If you're interested in the books, you can check out newroi.com. And behind the numbers is listened to in more than 100 countries. And Listen Note says we're in the top 3% of shows globally. So if you're looking for another business podcast to listen to besides this one, please give that a check out. Definitely, yeah. Um, okay, behind the numbers, and it's all on all the platforms. Uh, anywhere you stream, wherever you get your podcast, you'll find me. There's a blue box that says behind the numbers and my mugshot's in the lower right-hand corner. <laughs> all right well that's awesome and his once again his name is dave bookbinder which is spelled just like it sounds uh b-o-o-k-b-i-n-d-e-r um he is the host of behind the numbers podcast he's a business valuation expert a best-selling author uh before we go dave i just wanted to ask you a little question so um what Give a little, I know you're not in the investment advising realm anymore, but what would your advice be right now for anyone trying to dabble in the stock market? Oh boy, I don't, I don't play that <laughs> game, but I'll answer your question this way. If you're sitting down with uh, a wealth manager, or you're doing your own uh, money management. At some point, you're looking at a pie chart of, of all your, your holdings, right? You've got your large cap, your mid cap, your international, your bonds and all that good stuff. And you're, you're beautifully diversified and Hopefully you're making a great rate of return. But if you're a business owner looking at that pie chart, now imagine you've got a second pie chart and we're going to layer in the value of your privately held business. 
I don't even need to do the valuation, Arthur, to tell you that that slice of the pie is going to be the largest slice of the pie. And you're probably not as diversified as you think you are because there's so much value locked up in your business. So remember that your business is an asset and it's a part of your overall portfolio and you need to have a strategy about monetizing that. Yeah. Well, and that just sounds so true. It's, I mean, with your business, if you're thinking about your future, most business owners probably don't have um, any type of, and, and they may, some do maybe have a stock portfolio, but for the most part, they're thinking that they're going to sell their business down the road. They're going to have a, a, that's their retirement plan. And if they're not thinking way ahead of time and they're not preparing for that, like you had mentioned throughout the show, um, adding valuation to your business is so important. So keep that in mind. <laughs> and Dave will be, uh, one of the big, big, uh, advocates of that as well. So, um, Dave, it's been a pleasure. He's Dave Bookbinder. Um, he is a business valuation expert, best-selling author, podcast host. Check it out. It's called Behind the Numbers. Dave, it's, uh, it's been an honor. Thanks for being on the show. A lot of fun, Art. Happy to chat with you. Well, and it's, it's been great. Y'all make sure to reach out and find Dave on LinkedIn and anywhere you, that you find your podcasts. Um, and this has been another episode of the Home Server Small Business Spotlight. We'll hope everybody has a fantastic week and we will see y'all next time. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSB Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes of content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.